Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. You have no idea the toll that three transfer portal transactions have on a person. Transfer portal, recruiting, we got a lot to talk about. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Burning through this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart sound bar for TV, movies, music, games, whatever you want to do. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of WholeLineSports.com where you find all my written work. And getting right into it now, we're talking about Tyrone Hopper is the first person we're going to talk about because, of course, first off, what in the world? (laughs) That's that's all I can say about it there. Um, So Tyrone Hopper, of course, entered the transfer portal. I believe it was Thursday last week. He was in the portal for 68 minutes before being pulled out of the portal um allegedly Uh, and now he is back in the transfer portal as of yesterday afternoon his uncle uh on twitter said that you know that um that tyron hopper never intended to exit the portal he entered the portal on thursday and was then withdrawn from the portal without his consent or without his knowledge permission whatever you want to use um and then he entered the portal again on Monday afternoon. Um, well, yesterday afternoon. He was fourth on the Gators this season in tackles, third in tackles for a loss, and tied for third in sacks on the team, despite uh not getting the deserved playing time, I'll say. I guess that I guess that's how I put it. Um, yeah. So it's incredibly frustrating because, you know. He's someone who we have very high hopes for. The just Gator Nation has very high hopes for as someone who is going to take strides and become this elite linebacker for us at the next level. Um, and that, that didn't happen, of course. From what I've heard to this point, uh, Auburn is the most likely landing spot for him. That's not very surprising. You know, playing time opportunity is there. It is available. Also, Christian Robinson, who was the Gators linebackers coach and for a bit of a time, uh, interim defensive coordinator is now with the Auburn football team. He joined the coaching staff late last week, I believe it was Thursday or Friday, which makes sense as Tyron Hopper entering the transfer portal at the same time that Christian Robinson announces where he will be going to be a new assistant coach there, a linebackers coach there. So it, it makes sense. There's a little bit of turmoil also going on with the Auburn football staff right now, but, uh, I have no problem saying I would prefer it if Tyron Hopper came back. You know, I, I think he's a big time playmaker. Uh, I, I think that he's still got a ton of potential and I think he's still one of the best linebackers on the team. If he were to come here, I, I get why he would enter the portal. I think the timing's a little weird where it's like, well, okay, he's just trying to be with Christian Robinson. Um, but I'm not going to pretend that because he's leaving Florida or potentially leaving Florida that, uh, that, that, you know, that, that he's not good anymore. I think he's a great talent. Um, I'd be ecstatic if he came back here, but um, at the same time, I'm like, you know what, ultimately you should go where you think is the best opportunity for you and the best place for you. And if that's not Gainesville, then so be it, man. Best of luck to you. Another person that we're now talking about even more, uh, especially since Tyron Hopper entered the portal. I know that people are saying, Oh, maybe this player, 
uh, or maybe Hopper entered the portal because of this. I think it's much more the opposite. If if, if they're related at all, uh, Harold Perkins, the number four player in the nation, according to 24-7, he was committed to Texas A&M. Florida recently made a strong push. And now, as of yesterday, he decommitted from Texas A&M. And so people are like, oh, you know, maybe maybe uh, Tyron Hopper entered the portal because he thought Harold Perkins was coming. Oh, look. I'm I'm not going to buy that an upperclassman linebacker is going to enter the portal because a freshman is coming in. I will say it's much more likely that an upperclassman entered the portal and then an incoming freshman decommitted from his other place and is like, hey, maybe I can come here. Uh, You know, we spoke about Harold Perkins a, a week or two ago as someone that he was a long shot to come to Florida, but a possibility no, not not seeming like such a long shot anymore. You know, he he's decommitted from Texas A&M. Florida's been making a strong push. He's been heavily recruited by Patrick Tony. And I mean, look, like we've we've seen this before. Shamar James has said that Patrick Tony showed him his scheme, and that's what made him want to come to Florida, and that's what really sealed it in. Maybe the same thing happened with Harold Perkins. You know, maybe he saw Patrick Tony. He's like. Damn, that's a nice scheme here. You know, and Harold Perkins is a freaky athlete. You know, Shaq Thompson, Miles Jack S, where he's a linebacker, he's a running back, he's got insane athleticism. That he's that dude. He could be an animal in this defense. You know, versatility is key here, and Harold Perkins can be exactly that. With Tyron Hopper, I don't know if it makes it more likely or less likely that he comes to Gainesville. It's entirely possible that it was purely coincidence that Tyron Hopper entered the portal for the second time in a week and Harold Perkins decommitted from Texas A&M. It's entirely possible. That's a purely coincidence based on, you know, Monday I'm going to make my announcement, and that's what happened. So I'm not going to say it has anything to do with it, but I do think even if it didn't have anything to do with it, Hopper entering the portal definitely clears up the argument of we can get you early playing time, like undeniable fact now, because there's a lot of snaps that just opened up and a lot of production available. So I I think that this only helps Florida, especially if Hopper is in fact leaving. I think it helps Harold Perkins or helps Florida get Harold Perkins, maybe to Gainesville. You know, we got a week and a half before national signing day. So anything could happen. Don't mind the, uh, seemingly instant change of clothes here uh just for this brief segment and then the instant change back to clothes uh next to talk about is max brown who um i mean i initially recorded this segment i was like oh max brown this max brown that uh maybe he'll be a gator maybe he'll be a washington husky and then about 20 minutes after i recorded yesterday um Max Brown committed to Florida, three-star quarterback out of Oklahoma. He's a 2022 quarterback, so he will be on campus this year. Recently committed to Central Michigan a few weeks ago uh, under former Florida Gators head coach Jim McElwain, who that worked out tremendously, by the way. Um, Max Brown then, again, he was a highly productive quarterback in high school, three-star recruit, then received offers from Florida and Washington. He visited Florida in Gainesville, obviously, this past weekend. And then this coming weekend, he's got a scheduled visit with Washington at the time of recording this. Um, I don't know if he's still going to take that visit, I would assume he does just to not be a, you know, kind of just close the book kind of guy, but just to remain a little open, but yeah, he, he's committed to the university of Florida. Um, he visited Florida this past weekend and then decommitted uh, yesterday morning at, or maybe early afternoon. And then 
yeah, and then he committed to Florida after saying he got an, he got an offer while he was gone. Um, it, it was pretty cool. I was not expecting this commitment this early. Like I, I thought that he would ultimately commit to be a Florida Gators quarterback. Well, he can compete for the starting spot. I don't give a damn who it is. I just put the best quarterback there. So yeah, he. I thought would commit to Florida ultimately, but I thought that he would wait until February 2nd because I thought he would take his official visit with Washington. And then I thought, you know, he would take a few days to mull it over before national signing day. And, uh, yeah, never mind that noise <laughs> that that ain't happening. But I mean, it, it's interesting. I'm excited to see it. I, I would love to see what he can do in this offense. Again, I'm very open to just having a completely open quarterback battle. You got Emery there, sure. Anthony Richardson's dealing with injury. You got Max Brown. You've got Jack Miller the third, Carlos Dorio Wilson, Jalen Kidna. Get whoever you want in that quarterback battle and just let them duke it out. Uh, Max Brown, you know, he, he's a bit of a sleeper, but like we said, highly productive. He knows how to operate a little bit. He might, he might get a little, little shifty in there. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see it work out. Uh, according to the 24 seven composite, he is a national prospect number 1738. So if you are a 2014, 2015 Fetty Wap fan, congratulations. If you're a 2022 Fetty Wap fan, why? I don't I don't, I don't get that. We'll be back with more quarterback prospects or more uh, high school Florida Gator prospects in just a second. Anybody else make money this past weekend? Because I know I did. I know we made money last weekend, last week, this weekend, yesterday so far. So I'm, I'm rolling. You know, it is what it is. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida, you're throwing a ton of wrenches in my plan. Thanks for that. Appreciate you. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D. No space, O-N. Now we're going to wrap up talking about four more Florida Gators uh, recruits, commits. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to mix it around here. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce this name, and I promise you I'm trying, but it's wild. I haven't heard people say it. I've seen it written a bunch of times, but uh, whew, here we go. Andrew Savainea. That's what I'm rolling with. I will look for a better, <laughs> I will hopefully get a better pronunciation there. Three-star edge out of Washington. I mean, I, I've watched a little bit of him. He looks like a lengthy edge. Like, he, he looks like he's got long arms. He looks like he can bend quite a bit. So, you know, that's those are tools that you need playing edge, and those are very promising tools that you could build upon. So he just received his offer on Saturday night, and then he committed yesterday afternoon. So it was very quick that it was like, hey, I'm, I'm coming to Florida if they give me that offer. And he got the offer. Uh, he visited Gainesville, Gainesville this past weekend, got his offer from Billy Napier while he was in Gainesville, and I'd imagine, if I had to think about how this recruiting pitch went for him, I'd imagine it was a lot of Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer going, look, this is this is your role in this defense. This is what we'd expect from you. This is what we want from you. you know, he's, I believe, 6'4", 260. So it's, it, you know, he, he's he's got size, he's got length, and he's pretty athletic. So maybe, you know, show him what creepers is. Show him that he's going to be dropping back in the coverage every now and then. Show him that he's going to be rushing the passer a lot. And then you look at Sean Spencer and it's like, well, he's developed 
quite a few NFL pass rushers. And I think I think if you're an edge and you look at Sean Spencer and you look at this Patrick Tony scheme, you go, I, I don't know of a way that I can turn this down, especially with the playing time that should be available early at Florida. So I, th- I think he was just like, you know what? This, this is so easy. The coaching staff is in place. The scheme is in place. The talent is there, or the playing time is there. He also had offers from Kentucky, California, Nebraska, and Virginia, but again, very quickly committed to the Florida Gators once he got that offer. Hayden Hansen is the next person to talk about. And this one's fun because, you know, people were talking about YouTube comments literally in yesterday's episode uh, because I was talking about recruiting impact players early on. And it was like, then why are we signing a two star or three star tight end? Well, guess what? Hayden Hansen, three star tight end out of Texas, 6'5, 250 pounds. I don't give a damn about the stars. Stars mean absolutely nothing unless you are talking about ranking the recruiting classes. Aside from that, it's what you do when you get on campus. Hayden Hansen, he's a three-star tight end for most places, occasional two-star. Um, I don't care. Travis Kelce was a two-star tight end when he went to Cincinnati. I don't, I don't give a damn at that point. You can, that, Obviously, he's an outlier, but guess what? I don't care. There have been so many five-stars that have crumbled and fallen. There have been so many two-stars and unranked players that have been great. Cooper Cup didn't have a star. Hmm. Crazy. So I, I don't care what the stars are. I've very openly said I don't care what the stars are. It's great when you look at recruiting classes and when you want to look at rankings like that, but or to get like a general feel of people, but stars mean nothing to me. I don't I don't care. I care about what you do when you get on the field. And Hayden Hansen, I mean, you know, he he's got a, a solid vertical. He's a basketball player. He also punted if that helps. Um it doesn't, but if you're curious. Uh so he, you know, he's he's got that ability to be a red zone threat. I don't think he's super athletic. I think he's athletic enough. I don't think he's super athletic. I don't think he's super nuanced in running his routes. I don't think he's a fantastic blocker, but I think he's capable of getting the job done at least early on, or maybe not get, getting the job done in the SEC, but he's about what you'd expect from a high school tight end. Uh, so I, I think he's got a solid base. I think he can contribute early if he's going to play in the red zones exclusively. Um, well, why not give him a shot? You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, Bryce Caper is a three-star linebacker. He committed to Florida as a preferred walk-on. He turned down Florida International, FIU, turned down Akron, and he turned down Liberty scholarship offers to come to Florida. And uh, I, don't, I don't think people understand just how much you have to uh, convince a kid that he should come to your school if he's turning down scholarship offers to, you know, to whatever it may be. I don't, I don't know his family's financial situation, but to come to Florida and pay tuition, whether it's, you know, uh, get, getting a loan, doing, applying for other scholarships, whatever it may be. But you got to take the road less traveled there to get to Florida and play for Florida. And I, I give him nothing but credit here. And then Arliss Boardingham, three-star athlete from California. He announced his top two yesterday. It was between Florida and Oregon. And I like Arliss Boardingham. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, he is scheduled to meet with Coach Peekler and Coach Napier. William Peekler, of course, is the Florida Gators tight ends coach. Billy Napier is, of course, the Florida Gators head coach. Uh, he's scheduled to meet with them next Tuesday, I believe, is the date that they're meeting. Um, I think he'll be a receiver. You know, he's listed as an athlete. I think he'll play a wide receiver for Florida. You know, he's, I mean, the size is there, six foot five. So could play receiver, could play tight end, although I don't think he'll be doing that. I don't think he's going to be playing defense. Uh, so six foot five receiver. I'm also kind of convinced that he's going to be playing receiver because. From what I know, most of his recruiting has been done by Kiri Colbert, who, of course, is Florida's wide receivers coach um, in California at USC. He was a wide receivers coach. 
He, he's been he's an NFL wide receiver. So, you know, he's all about receivers. He's been talking to Arliss Boardingham for the most part. And it's like, I think if you're sending your receiving your wide receivers coach out there for most of the conversation, or maybe not sending him there, but you're having him responsible for most of the conversations, a lot of it's going to be, you know, we, we can get you to the league. We got Justin Shorter, who's got one year left in Gainesville. Xavier Henderson, I, I don't think he'll be in Gainesville much longer. So it's like Arliss Boardingham. You could fill both of those roles if you really want. We can get you moving in line, tight end, big slot, whatever you want to do. We can get you moving. You'll be primarily a wide receiver, I think. But give it a year or two, just waiting, and you could be that guy in the offense that's going to be our X receiver because Billy Napier will be looking for an X receiver pretty soon, I'd say. So Arliss Boardingham, why not, man? That's that's all I'm going to say. Recruiting is going swimmingly for Florida, you know. Things are picking up and National Signing Day is creeping up and Florida is making push after push after push. And I mean, hey, we we could be going from very low in the rankings to very high in the rankings very shortly. So I'm excited for it. And again, this is supposed to be a bad class for Florida, but things are shaping up pretty nicely, if I do say so myself. Hey, Gators fans, I'm here with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It is Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code SCORE to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So, I mean, hey, you know, wait till that thing's running on E, maybe a little bit past E. Swing by the gas station, fill her up, and maximize your return on investment there. So, I'm just saying, make sure to download the app, get upside, use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents cash back per gallon. And you can get your cash to, you know, uh, bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon or other places. Just download the free get upside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. Now we're going to wrap up today's show by talking about Florida Gators in the NFL playoffs. I know last week I kind of went through a recap of all of the Gators. I'm sorry, besides Evan McPherson and Tommy Tommy Townsend. I'm sorry. Um, this time, not so much. You know, we, we saw, well, we saw just some of the greatest games I've ever seen. Uh, Sunday was just phenomenal football, but like that was, I am still reeling from those games i'm still very upset about those games by the way because i had bet on both the losers so that was fun um didn't make money on those but prop bets murdered it uh but there's guaranteed to be a florida gator to win the super bowl because there are four teams remaining in the nfl playoffs the afc championship you've got the kansas city chiefs hosting cincinnati Bengals, and then i mean nfc championship is basically neutral side at this point it's the la rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams are hosting, and all the teams have a Florida Gator, which means, yes, we are guaranteed to have a Florida Gator picking up a Super Bowl ring as long as they don't get cut. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much where we're at. Um, I mean, the 49ers, if they cut Marcel Harris, would be the only team without a Gator, but that ain't looking likely. The 49ers do have Marcel Harris. He is a safety linebacker hybrid. He plays for the 49ers, but he doesn't really play much, which is why he is also the biggest risk to get cut, but I don't think it happens. I think he's going to provide excellent versatility, depth, and pretty much veteran leadership at this point. In case of injury, he'll be around the Rams, who are playing the 49ers. 
have uh, Van Jefferson and Brandon Powell on roster, both receivers, both Florida Gators alum, and of course, Brandon Powell doesn't really play receiver. <laughs> he isn't really play receiver for the Rams, but he's quickly become one of the better punt returners in the league over the final quarter of the season and then playoffs. He has just been, I mean, it seems like every time he's returning a punt, it's for a big chunk of 15, 20 yards. Uh, so he's he's been doing phenomenally. And again, doesn't play much as a receiver, been more of a gadget guy when he is playing offense in his career. But right now he seems to have found his role with the Los Angeles Rams as a punt returner. Van Jefferson is a wide receiver three for the Los Angeles Rams. He's got three catches on four targets for 70 yards in the playoffs so far. He also has one carry for 15 yards, which came on a jet sweep against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that they almost choked away. But uh, yeah, I mean, Van Jefferson might not be uh, targeted super frequently in this offense, but he is still very much relied upon as a receiver when he's needed. And he's very relied upon as a blocker in this offense, because I, I think that there's no better um, blocking receivers or no offense that relies more on the blocking ability of their wide receivers than the uh, LA Rams, because they go in these tight condensed sets so much, the receivers have to be able to block. And I think that Van Jefferson and obviously Cooper cup are two of the best blocking receivers in the NFL. So Van Jefferson might not be putting up gaudy stat lines, but his impact is very much felt on this offense and on this team. And he could be playing a big role in a Super Bowl championship team. The AFC championship, again, like I mentioned, Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals. The Kansas City Chiefs have two Florida Gators on their roster. One is Demarcus Robinson, who he's had four catches for 76 yards in the entire playoffs. Um, which if you listen to last week's episode, you know that Demarcus Robinson had four catches for 76 yards versus Steelers last week. So uh, yeah, against the Bills, which still just that game, just insane um, against the Bills. Uh, that game, uh, He did not have a catch. He did get one target, but did not have a catch because again, that offense was pretty much just a Tyreek or Travis down there somewhere and just throwing bombs the entire time. And that's not Demarcus Robinson's game. So that sucked. But uh, yeah, I mean, Demarcus Robinson, a receiver that plays a pretty significant amount of snaps could be getting a championship ring again. And Tommy Townsend, the punter for the Kansas City Chiefs, six punts, 226 yards in the playoffs so far. The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they've got Evan McPherson, who is just oh, ice in the veins. He is more cold. Oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm going to get to him in a little bit. Fred Johnson, an offensive lineman who he's listed as a guard, but he, he's listed as a guard, but on the depth chart, plays left tackle and right tackle, and he's played tackle in the NFL this season. He doesn't really play much. I think he's played like 12 snaps on the year or 22 snaps in the year, and like 12 of them were in week 18. Um, so he doesn't play much, but hey, he's there. He's a swing tackle when needed, swing lineman when needed. Vernon Hargreaves the third is another Florida Gator Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, he also doesn't really play well. I think he played like four snaps in the playoffs combined so far. Doesn't play much. Again, veteran presence when needed, he'll be there. He, I mean, I think that he's better than the numbers have shown or than the playing time have shown. Again, I know y'all hate my opinion on players. So, mm. but Evan McPherson, back to him. He is just so cold. He's 11 for 11 on kicks in the playoffs so far. Eight for eight on field goals, three for three on extra points. And whew, man, if you, if you didn't watch the Bengals game last week, oh my Lord, that boy cooking. He kicked the game-winning field goal 
two games in a row, and he's just been lights out. And he apparently, when he was walking on the field to kick the game-winning field goal, he was just like, hey, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. And, oh, my God, that is savagery right there. Um, so, yeah, guaranteed to have a Florida Gator winning the Super Bowl. Good time to be alive right now. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about your Florida Gators. And make your second listen, Lockdown Auburn, hosted by Zach Blackerby, where you can get the latest on Christian Robinson and potential Auburn linebacker transfer Tyron Hopper. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.